into it the solid song again. Oh yeah. Well, welcome to this, the Round 9 review for the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA Traffic, your one-stop shop for traffic, transport and waste. Uh, at least that Jed Lamb interview was good, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, we'll have about a, all we got. <laughs> we'll have a quick shout-out to uh, a good listener of the program and a friend of MGA's, uh, Daniel Spiteri, to lead us off, uh, Fabian. He's doing a lot of excellent work out of the Spring Ridge Estate, which is, um, <laughs> all I can see is the top of Fabian's head. It's very disconcerting. Yeah, because I'm just trying to get closer to the mic because I'm on the charger again. Okay. But, uh, okay, well, that is the voice of the big Faber Ganoush. And um, we were getting some good correspondence on Twitter asking about your well-being. And I said, you're dangerously quiet. Um, maybe you're just preparing yourself for an eruption on pod tonight. But just from our brief interlude whilst we were waiting for the pod to begin, you seemed relatively reserved like you were too heartbroken to be angry. You, you basically hit the nail on the head. It's... Um, I, it's it's almost a mirror of last week. However, the consequences are far, far worse, obviously. You, sound, so, you just sound, and this is an indictment of what this football club does to us regularly. We're all just numb to it. Yeah. We're so you know incredibly what? disappointed with what we've just seen and we're just numb to it. It's, it's absolutely, I just... You just seem to be taking like deep breaths, like you, even when you try to string together sentences or compose a text, and then you just like you kind of just sigh and like, oh, "What's the fucking point?" Sometimes it's just re- it's, it's so frustrating, so frustrating. Uh, Especially once we got the start, because I, you know, I fear going into the Hawthorne game thinking, you know, expectation, you know, playing the Hawks, a game that we should win, yada yada yada, and we get the start. I'm thinking, nah. My fears have been alleviated <laughs> and, well, lo and behold, another phenomenal second quarter performance by... Uh, Maybe next year we should give the Hawks a five-goal start and just mix it up and see how that goes um, for us. Well, uh, maybe in the next, maybe post-buy we'll, we'll, we'll start to screw up the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the four weeks after that we might screw up the last quarter and then, you know, eventually we'll, we'll learn... You don't have to screw up any quarters and we'll just play four-quarter football because we've gone from fixing the starts and fading in the second quarter. So I just I just can't help but that feel that it's a mentality thing and it's an on-ground leadership thing, but obviously we'll get into it. Fab looks like are. a – I don't know about you, Tim. Fab looks like an inverted – what was the uh, the name of the – the puppet on Hey Hey It's Saturday. It looks like an Dickie in- knee. Dickie <laughs> knee. He looks like an inverted Dickie knee. I can see his forehead in the front of his head. Just that. Um, that is, of course, Tim Davis, Doctor Davis. Um, you got any Valium, Doctor Davis? You can prescribe. Oh, it's got something to knock me out for the next three Jesus. weeks. I'd, I'd be taking him by the handful at the moment if I had the opportunity. Who was Michael? Who, who was Michael Jackson and Prince's doctor? Yeah, his number. Uh, Dr. I, Conrad is, Murray. That's the one. Anyone got Conrad he, Murray's number? Was he Prince's doctor too? Was I don't he? know, but he was he was oh, he was um, prescribing them like synthetic heroin. Oh god. He because, had the because that'll end well. <laughs> he had the um the drip. He just he was just basically just loading stuff into the Brisbane Lion into, style. Into the drip. Just, you know. Just by eye. You know, doing it as Tony as Tony would do it. I like it. It's a good attitude to have, especially if you're a doctor. Uh, Timbo, you're probably like Fab and I and just completely, it's a shame to say it, not surprised. We've been here before and um, heartbreak, I think, is, is probably the best word to describe what we've just witnessed tonight. Look, I, I think you've nailed it. It's, it's, it's so gutting, but it's, I, the main reason why it's gutting is you've always got that fear and inkling that it just might be coming. And, um, and for us... You know, I mean, obviously, they trotted the stats out this week that we've beaten them once in 14 years. You know, we've had performances where we've been good enough to knock them off and just not quite been able to get the job done. And in my heart of hearts, I've been looking forward to the day that we do knock them off because I reckon the moment we do, they won't beat us for a decade. And that's and that's what I've always felt for a while is once we've got these guys' numbers and we realise that we're better than them, we'll just we'll just 
you know, run a merry dance around them every single time. And to get five goals up and you've gone, today's the day. We're there. We've done it. And and whether that was the feeling on the ground of, yep, we've done enough. And, and it didn't seem that way because it, when the wheels started falling off, the effort was still there, but it was just overrunning the footy or not being able to possess it, letting it go behind us, giving the op- the, the other team the opportunity. And and we all know, you know, they, they've, they've hand-picked, drafted this side as a team that can always use the footy well. The moment you give them that opportunity on the outside, they're going to cut you to ribbons. They always have, they always do. They've got guys in front of goal that are clinical, you know, Bruce, Gunston, Wingard. They're phenomenal at what they do. And they just, they just butchered us. And you sat there and you're going, you know what? They're just not better than us. But until we learn to have the leadership on field to be able to change our um, fortunes, we're going to be mired in the same situation that we're in at the moment. And I expect us to be better than this. But until we see it, we're just not. No, I agree. We're going to get into that leadership and mentality in the chicken shits. You better believe me. Or is it dog shits this week? I'm not sure which one we're going with Ooh, if we're renaming careful. it. Um, Let's stick with the chickens. I did see clarification. because I, I don't know what a dog salad is. Dog salad. <laughs> well, go to, oh, no, actually, no, I won't say that joke because people will be up in arms. I've got to be careful. I was going to say you could probably find it somewhere in the town, in the city. Um, that is a performance. And, and I had the thought watching the game unfold that – the hoo-ha on, on Twitter and in the Carlton community online over the last couple of weeks, I think, has been disproportionate to what the performances actually were. You know, the response after the Port Adelaide game was very over the top, and um, we'll touch on that a little bit later, some housekeeping at the end of the program. Um, but the response after the Port game was disproportionate to how positive the performance was, and then there was no really – people didn't really leave themselves anywhere to go following a worse performance against North but a win. This – this was a performance and a result worth getting angry about. Totally. Not, not the ones the last fortnight. This was the performance oh. worth being annoyed about, worth being angry about, worth being so desperately heartbroken about. And it really puts those other two into, into sharp uh, perspective. You know, And my problem <clears throat> with the Carlton Football Club tonight as a really disappointed lifelong fan, for too long we have been a laughing stock. For too long, we have allowed for now generations of opposition fans to expect nothing less from us than what we showed, you know, 20 minutes into the first quarter tonight. That, oh, yeah, Carlton, geez, they're playing. That's unusual. They're actually playing well. Yeah, that's weird. And then, oh, same old blues. It's actually a little bit like, fab, it's a bit like Arsenal, isn't it? Where people grew up with them. Like when we were growing up, they were a really good team. Yep. And then now there's a generation of people who just go, no, they're a fucking laughing stock. They're, they're a YouTube channel these days. They're rubbish. They're just yeah. a bunch of memes. So the problem we've got is Hawthorne. Can we lay off Arsenal just quietly? <laughs> I'd prefer if we just spoke about how bad they were exclusively. Um, Hawthorne do not respect us, and nor do we give them any reason to respect yeah. us. And they showed, once they got their foot in the game, they showed why. And it was embarrassing to watch. We owed them one from last year where we played the better footy and ran out of bodies and just ran out of legs and they got over us. And it looked like, like you said, Tim, I mean, there was this great story. I always kind of misquote it, but the crux of it is um, Wayne Gretzky was talking about when he was at uh, Edmonton and the team that Edmonton had to get over to win the Stanley Cup and to be a good team was the, uh, the Islanders. And Gretzky told this fantastic story about how we couldn't beat them. We couldn't beat them. We just, we, 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 you know, they'd beat us comfortably. And then the next year, they'd still beat us. We were a little bit better. And then the next year, we thought, we're going to, this is the one. And they still beat us. He goes, and yep. I remember, he goes, told this great story about walking out of the arena, having been beaten. And he goes, we, we thought, we can't do it. We can't play better than that. Our best isn't good enough to beat these guys. And they looked into the change rooms and he said the Islanders were done. So their best. They had to be at 110% to win the match and to beat them. And what you're talking about earlier is absolutely spot on. You go, we just need to beat these fuckers once. Yep. And it looked like it was on the cards, and then it's done. Our guys have the belief, their guys' belief is absolutely shattered, and we can then go on a run where we're, the wheel's turned and we're comfortably the better team, which we were, which we probably are. But fell apart tonight. It was so disappointing, Fabian. But what the belief, Sean, would extend beyond the Hawthorne thing. It'd be, it extends to the point where we start to believe that we can, that we are 
a side that you know can contend, can you know compete with all other sides, not just Hawthorne. Oh, absolutely, because Hawthorne Whereas, aren't really that good. Hawthorne, oh, they're terrible. They, they are. They are yesterday's heroes. They Which are, is fine, Sean uh, Timbo. They've they've had their time. Yep. You know, they there are, are where they should be. And yep, yep. You know. And, and the reality is it, it's always been one of those things that when we go past this mob, we go past them at such a rate of knots, we give them dead set wind burn. And up until tonight, um, I absolutely thought we were on the right tram. Um, but culturally, um, there's a shift in this footy team that I thought was coming that, that there's a maturity that still needs to be added to this group that it just hasn't... And we, we haven't taken the step. And you make a, make, Timbo, you make a great point. And you know who I think typifies that or needs to typify it? He'd be speaking, if not at this very moment, very shortly. I don't want to see David Teague be even-handed. I don't want to see him be measured and fair and unemotional, which that is his nature. And I understand that. This is not a performance for that. Don't be a stark, raving lunatic in the press conference, but don't give out the, the blasé, bland... You know, oh, we need to be better than that. We'll need to review that and we'll, we'll, we'll need to come back, uh, you know, review it during the week and come back next week and give a better account of ourselves. Be angry because everyone else is angry. Yep, yep. And, and look, we're, we're all terrific supporters. We, we, we're desperate to see this club um, build and develop and become the side that we know that we can and where we consider that we deserve to be. Not that any club ever, ever deserves anything. You get what you're prepared to put into and get out of. Um, and it's, and it's just a product of that. Like, there's no luck involved. You know, if you want to be a great side, you've got to put in place the structures and the culture and the talent and the ability and the coaching to be able to get to that point. And if you work hard enough, things start turning. It doesn't happen by chance. And, and I I, again, I don't know whether at five goals to nothing we kind of thought we've done enough and the rest will just happen. Um, but we gave them a sniff. They took the opportunity. They got the momentum and it never came back. And, uh, and their skill and professionalism and maturity and smarts and all those sorts of things, they were just, it was a tidal wave that we just could not withstand. And it's what we've got to learn to be able to do. Timbo, it was a facsimile of last week's game. I know Sean... Just with more with more talent, just aging this, talent. Northman, and this just goes to prove, like last week, everyone was on this. A win is a win, and a win is a win when you're coming from where we've come from. However, North Melbourne are that bad. Yes, at the moment, I don't know what's going wrong with them. I don't care what's going wrong with them. They're seriously a horrible football team. Did you notice two of their omissions today, Fab? Weird, Pollock. Um, I thought he that- was best on ground. David um, Teague gave him four votes in the coaches' votes. He was the bloke that was almost going to single-handedly beat us. They dropped Ben Brown, but they probably had to send a signal. And um, he, evidently, he's had a pretty tough week. His his wife, who Timbo, um, this is not the North Melbourne podcast. No, no, no. no I just we're join we're, in the chorus. North no, Melbourne no, podcast no, brought no, to you I, by MGA Sean, Traffic. Sean, at the end what? of the day, we're all people. <laughs> evidently, I know. I know. I'm, not even, I'm just it saying is, we don't want to get you know wrapped the story, up. In, though, sure. I do you know. know the story? No, but I'm not saying that. We just don't want to get wrapped up in what's do happening. You know at, the story, sure. I do, but we don't want to get wrapped yes. up in what's happening at North okay. Melbourne, especially what happened last week, and they haven't played this week. We're getting caught up in what happened at North Melbourne. No, no, I I, I agree, but um, I did want to hear what Timber had to say. But anyway, well, Ben Brown's wife's pregnant, and they lost one of the children this week. The um, um. The you know one of the fetuses, I guess, is what what what, what you call it. Which you're the doctor here, devasta- too. Right? Well, it's going to be devastating for anybody. So um, for for Ben Brown, a shout out to him and to his family. Um, at the end of the day, we love our footy. Yes, we love our blues. But if somebody goes through something like that, I for one am more than happy to stand up and say, "Well, I hope you're all right, champ." So agree, agree. But uh, who? What's the? No, we're going to move on from this, Sean. But what's, why are we still talking about North Who's Melbourne? The Port Adelaide bloke and Brisbane bloke. That what's his name? Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. Once he moved off Crips and moved out onto the wing, he was bog. He was killing us. He must be getting rested. We spoke about last week's game, didn't we? Last week. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I have fonder memories of that game, Sean. <laughs> we can rerun that one if you want. Do we really need to talk about tonight's game? Do we want to review right. last week's game again? No, Sean, back um, on point. Apologies. Sorry, Tom. Uh, Tim's just had to duck back into the uh, pediatrics ward just to go through <laughs> what's happening there. 
Um, I'm start talking about the Max Gordon pushing the back again if you want me to. We can go back <laughs> as far as you want. Go back. Earl Spalding's hit on Guy McKenna. Go back as far as we need to. Um, we'll start with the chicken salads because the chicken salads is where we always start. Um, it's going to be pretty short, I'd imagine, because it was only about 18 minutes worth. Um, our best was very, very good. Like, we don't want to, you know, we're not burying the lead as such, but our, our best was excellent early in that first quarter. Our ball movement, our shape. Um, we, were doing to, we were doing to Hawthorne what teams have done to us routinely and then what Hawthorne did to us in a matter of minutes. Um, Hawthorne could win the ball. When they did, they had no time. They had no options. We swarmed. Our pressure was enormous. Our intent was fantastic. Uh, and our execution was excellent. When we're, when we're on song, Sean, 70 to 80 metres out from goal, we're doing the right things. And when we're playing football like we did in the second, third and fourth quarters, we revert to this long bomb inside 50 tactic. And in the first quarter, we had pressure, we had structure, we were marking, and if we weren't marking, we were crumbing, we were applying, everything worked. Was an overlap run, yep. As soon as you hit the second quarter, we would we were bereft of ideas, and we get the ball to about 70 metres out, and we bomb it long to a contest of about 12. And I just Which is what Hawthorne was. Wants. Hawthorne yeah. were clearly setting up to be able to these force my, us to do this. My marks, this is my marks. These were my notes from the first quarter. Yeah. Cunningham's attack and pressure was great. As to was Martin's, more presented in a cup on a couple of occasions. Pit net at ground level was everywhere. Gibbons. So all every name that I've just mentioned there, apart from Martin, who tried all day and just Nothing worked for the kid. Mm. Cunningham, Moore, Pitnet, Gibbons. Everyone saw everything that was gone. Setterfield, everything that was good in that first Setterfield quarter. Setterfield was outstanding. For first quarter, he was outstanding. Yeah. I, even, I, I even sent a text. And from then on, one by one, they just it's like they weren't even playing. Yep. The only inverse to that was Sam Walsh, who started off poor. Mm-hmm. And through sheer effort, got himself into the game. Now he wasn't extraordinary. But well, no I, I, I put him in the votes. My votes purely and simply, and like Jack Martin, we'll get to the votes later. But purely and simply for effort. At least, yeah. have you seen that Andy Tate video, um, Fab, when he's talking about another David Moise performance? Moise, and he says somebody goes, "It was except for Wayne Rooney. He tried and he tried." <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there like that, just thinking, "Well, she just keeps trying. You're just trying really hard." Man, it's going to get you a vote, young man. Um, Louis Van Gaal. <laughs> sat in his chair, <laughs> sulking. Um, have you got any chicken salads, Timbo? Do you want to add to that or do we want to move on to the main course? Oh, look, I, I think you've got to shout out to Jacob Wiedering. I, I think, We're going to Gary, do that in the votes, Timbo. We're going to do didn't you just say chicken? Aren't we doing yeah, chicken salads? Yeah, but it's a chicken salad. He wants to give him a bit. I want to give him a chicken salad. He wants to toss his salad a bit. Sounds like you've been a bit of a bully there, Sean. Well, Timbo, um, you are known to wander <laughs> off the track. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> We've got to put um, a collar on him. No, just as far as chicken salads go, I, I just there was very few positives tonight and you just had to give a shout out to Jacob Wheeling. I think, you know, you, you look at his field kicking and I think he made one mistake tonight tonight where he had one really bad kick, which ultimately I don't think got punished. Um, but everything else he did, I don't think he put a foot wrong. And, you know, no. whenever we switch and it goes back through him, you know that it, you know that it's going to be a safe kick, but if it can be an attacking kick, it will be. He, he really understands how the game gets played and thank God he's playing for us because without him it would have gotten really, really bad if it wasn't bad already late. So um, he's the bloke I think you're going to be building behind. So um, fingers crossed there's more of it. Fab, do you, do you get the feeling tonight, like, look, Liam Jones, he, he's a little bit off colour at the moment. A bit's been made of that um, in the last week and a bit. He, he's, he's not he's not droppable as such, but he's a bit off colour and, and teams are, are exploiting him from time to time. Um, do you ever get the feeling, like, watching Weeders and Jones, that in terms of a soccer central defensive partnership, Weedering's like the Rolls-Royce. Weedering is the Rio Ferdinand at the top of his game the absolute Rolls-Royce, and Liam Jones is like Eric Bailly. Yeah, he's... A, he's, he's the complete loose cannon. He's like, he's, like a nut, he's, like a, he's, he's a nut case. He's, he's the I don't think he, complete yeah. loose cannon. 
to, like, Weedering not only has to be mindful of what's my man doing, but what the fuck's Jonesy doing? Who's going to make sure <laughs> not he's... what Jonesy's man's doing. Just watch Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy, doing. what are you doing, Jones? Jonesy! Yeah, it's, it was funny. Watching it tonight, there was that one where Jones kind of tried to tap it to him, and Weedering was like, what are you doing? Take the ball. <laughs> yeah. Because you know you didn't even they, get it to me. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting in the way occasionally as well. Yeah. Um... So look, it's it's look. He's far from the biggest issue. No, 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 no. But it was just one of those things I, I noticed tonight, especially in the back line. The back line has been for the most part this year quite solid. Yeah, we concede scores, but they've been stoic. The really. majority of them. I thought Tom Williamson's game tonight, which will probably go into the chicken shits. But Tom Williams is just be careful how you describe his game. I love Tommy because he was daring and clean and could use it. But he's just he's just. What's the opposite of clean? He's been he's been filthy. Yeah, and going to ground. Uh, it's just the, the the errors that he's making, and I think it's a it's a mark of a player that's lost a little bit of confidence. The moment you go to ground, you're kind of conceding the contest, and you just can't do that. You've just got to keep on working and working and working and working. And he's just um, yeah, there's just something that's I'm back, but I'm, yeah, no, there's, there's just something that's a little bit off. Yeah. I suppose this is a def- it's become a de facto chicken uh, shit, so we may as well segue into it wholly. But do you think that Willow's a little bit put out positionally? We've got a few of the same type of player down there at the moment, the rebounding sort of small defender, Doc, Willow, Simo. Nunes is sometimes doing it if he floats back. Samo's trying to do it. It feels like we've got a few too many of the same guy trying to do the same role. So he's Williamson's not really actually getting his hands on the ball that much. And mm. when he does, he's kind of not being able to use his... He's very direct. He's getting it on the outside or he's on the right hard on the boundary, so it's a quick hat kick. We're not actually being able to give him the ball on the overlap to run, to carry, to break the lines, and to kick because that role's being done by one of three or four others. Yeah, look, no, no, I, no I, doubt. No I agree, doubt. and I think rather than moving him... Out, which I think ultimately move fucking Samo out. I would move Samo out and put Samo on the ball. Now, put him up on a wing where he can influence a game of football using his assets. Now, even the commentators were calling we, Carlton need a, a midfielder who can use the football. Now, yep. Paddy Cripps and Ed Kerno look love them to death, and their effort is never questioned. But neither can deliver the ball inside fifty. Neither. Paddy Cripps might be the worst kick in the side. I don't know about that. Um, the, the chicken shits, I think the first note I've got there, we'll, we'll touch on that as we go on. But the biggest chicken shit for me was our response when challenged. Once we seeded the initiative and once we seeded that momentum, Hawthorne just controlled the tempo of the game. And then not only did they controlled the tempo of the game, they controlled the field. There was a period in the third quarter where we were just hemmed in, and they weren't they weren't scoring. They didn't even really look like scoring, but we just but they didn't need to. No, no, but we could not get the ball out of our yeah. half of the ground. They just controlled the width of the five field. Goals up. I don't expect to be playing that sh- that quick ballistic football that gets us five goals up. However, we need to be able to control tempo, like they did to us. And we're, t- not we're talking allow them- Fab. We're talking a lot about soccer because I think it's relevant. One of the greatest. Just using an example, one of the greatest European away performances of all time, Tim, oh, I'm sorry to do this to you, was when United got the early goal against Arsenal at the Emirates, 2009 semi-final, Champions it's funny, League. at least North Melbourne play AFL, but anyway, keep but, on going about your story no, but, but, no, but here's the point. Other fucking sport. It's going to be more relevant than you talking about Ben Brown, the tragedy in Ben Brown's personal life. Um, what United were able to do, they got the early goal, and then they just said, we don't need to attack. So what we're going to do is we're going to wait, we're going to be patient. We're going to let you play into our hands. And they end up scoring two more on the counter. They just yeah. were able to pick and choose when do we go. We don't need to score as often as you do. So we can be a bit more circumspect. Oh, yeah, do we hold now? We it's don't about need to control. Forward. It's about control. controlling the game. And we can't – we don't seem to have the ability to, A, control it, but we, don't have the we, maturity. Can't arrest, we can't arrest momentum shifts at all. And I, I, I texted you guys and said we can't arrest – momentum shifts in quarter. Like, we need a, a, a stop. Is like a break where our coaches Fab, need to get Fab, around us. What would have happened if it was a 1980s game of footy? Send out a runner. 
No, they would have belted somebody and there would have been an all-in brawl. The game would have stopped and then everything resets. Maybe someone should just fake an injury. Well, someone should fake a serious injury to stop the game dead in its tracks and then just be miraculously ready to go. Um, Charlie Manson style. Yeah, but I think Um, all everything that we did well in terms of the tempo we were playing at, the dare we were playing with, and the shape we had underpinning all of that, Hmm. everything that was excellent about those facets of our game in the first 20 minutes went to water. And you sort of go, you're sitting there going, I can understand losing it for a little bit, Hawthorne get on top, etc. But how do you lose confidence in what you were doing that was working so well? But well, we do. They kick a goal, which was, without wanting to point the finger, Liam Jones, his hat kick out of defence, and they end up oh, getting the soft goal. And you think, that's that's unfortunate, that's annoying. But don't let that knock your confidence. They were, As we say, no. Timbo, they were going to score at some point. So you just go, yeah. okay, that's one. That's all right. That's okay. Just nothing changes. We don't change what we're doing. We don't need to keep the faith. Um, the other issue... I will, said, say, I will say this, though. Whilst, whilst it... it compounded and got worse throughout the game, the initial momentum shift, and I think Timbo will share this sentiment with me, but it's, we weren't doing much different. Things just weren't rolling our way. We were kind of overrunning the football and being a bit fumbly and stuff, and we were getting punished for it. So it was, unlike the North Melbourne game, where I think we just got real complacent and lazy, I think. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's it's cagey. And I think we're going to touch on this shortly. I think it's a complacency thing with us. I think, I think. No, I don't think it's complacency. I think it's mentality. I think it's we get put under the cosh, and it's not about being complacent. I think it's some people looking around for who's going to do the heavy lifting. Who's going to be the one that gets us going again? Is, is it going to be Cripps? Is it going to be Murph? Is it going to be Doc? Who, whoever. We've got a lot of guys who, are, who sort of look around rather than take on the initiative themselves. I don't think that's about complacency. I just think that's a mentality thing where you've got guys who are going, I would have loved to have seen, like David Cunningham last week, beautiful, clean, assessed everything as he needed to, ends up kicking the decisive goal. And you sit there and go, fantastic stuff, so instinctive, brilliant. It's exactly what we needed from you at that moment. You didn't wait for anyone else. You didn't wait for the cavalry. You didn't slow the game down. We've got a lot of guys, I think, who don't want to be the one to make a mistake yep. when the wheel turns against us a bit. And they sit there going... When Harry Mackay took that mark, oh, um, terrible tempo. Uh, second quarter, wasn't yep. it? And you go, mate, you're the full forward. You can kick a footy. You can kick a long goal. You've taken the mark, mate. I, I know. I know. Sometimes, if you make a certainty of some things, it's just that little bit better. But I'm more than happy to back Harry Mackay in and go take your mark, wheel around. Bang the goal. But no one's going to hang him if he misses. Correct. If you miss, who cares? You're at least having a crack. In the end, what Cripp has done, oh. taking the mark, trying to play on, trying to get cute, take three blokes on. You know, in the end, he bailed out. He went back to Doc, and then Doc's munged it thereafter, and you've gone, fuck, can this get any worse? And the bottom line is, if Harry had loaded up and even kicked it out in the full, you'd go, oh, well, you know, we're attacking. And at least we've got a stoppage. At least we've got, sorry, at least we've got a kick yeah. in. We can be a bit scary, but as you say, you turn it over in the corridor, the ball goes down the other end, they kick a goal. I think what was probably most disappointing for me going, you know, obviously continuing on from the the chat about mentality was, and this isn't a pot at the individuals as such, because both Cripps and Doc, as Fabian touched on earlier, cannot, we cannot possibly doubt their application, their endeavour, and the fact that they were there trying to make stuff happen. Um, But our leaders just seem to go missing when we need someone to go, yeah, yeah, like I'll stand up. Yeah, this is on me to win a clearance, to take a mark that just steadies the ship, to just do the right thing at the right moment. Just our guys can sometimes just, I suppose, miss the call to go, this is on me. I'm, I'm the fucking, I'm the leader. I'm in the leadership group. I'm, I think Weeders did an excellent job of it from a guy who is a leader. He's in the leadership group. I think Weeders did an excellent job of it tonight. Um, but far too often, but Sean. Equally, you made the you made the comment on was it a salient our, comment? Our text string was talking about Paddy Cripps looked like he was trying too hard. Well, too we're going to get on. We're going to get onto him now. Yeah. So, yeah. look, he he started so the he game. Obviously, understands the pressure in the game and what is needed. But he's want to be able to impact and create an impression and all that sort of stuff. He's just forcing it a little bit, and 
you've got to understand when the right time to push, when the right time to hold is, and and every sport is like that. And I mean, the the kid's got a, a heart bigger than Farlap. We we know what he's about. We know that he's never ever not going to give us effort, but um, but but his effort just wasn't channeled in the right direction tonight. No, and and look, no. he he had eleven in the first quarter, and it wasn't an absolutely outstanding eleven as such, but it was a really productive quarter of football and he went excellent start. Um, and then from there after Shields in the second quarter, at least completely exploited him, um, went forward and kicked two goals and you went, well, geez, that's, that's tipped this duel in your favor. Um, yeah. And then from that moment, it felt like, as you alluded to Timbo, Cripper was just trying so hard to manufacture a response personally, rather than little things, mate, win the, win the ball off hands at the ruck and, or, you know, center bounce. Dish it out. Don't try to beat the tackle. Don't try to sidestep the guy coming oh, your way. Thank God you, you mentioned that because... At one point, why did he... He, he ran directly he for... He Jack Martin, like, just get it moving. Get it moving and... We're talking a lot about we, soccer here, fam, but pass and move. Pass and move. Yep, yep. And and that's with Cripper. That typified him in the... When he ended up getting the free kick for, I think, was it a trip... When he's tried, he's run directly for the Hawthorne guy. Like he's made a beeline for him at a yeah, right but, angle to the goal. But he's obviously thinking, I run here, I win the one-on-one, I create space. That, oh, that's absolutely. The, that's you go, the what are you doing, man? That's You're... absolutely the methodology because he knows I can't run back inside because that's where the traffic is. But if I run to the contest and I'm able to stiff arm him and win the one-on-one, I actually create time and space for myself. But it seems an awful, awfully big risk because the moment you drop the ball or you get held up, well, you've just given the footy back to them anyway. So why, why, why we work too hard to get it, don't give it up so easily. And that was the mark of our second quarter, the amount of times we just kicked the ball to the opposition when they... It, it, it may have been the right decision, but we were missing targets by 10 metres. Absolutely. And obviously our other captain, Sam Doherty, again... Um, Endeavour, not an issue at all. Um, but we're, we've got an issue with Doc just at the moment in that his excellent start to the year, he was outstanding. Teams are now putting a lot of work into him to nullify him, yep. to make him really accountable in contests. And he's he's struggling in them. He's really struggling to give us the drive off half back. And you alluded, Timbo, that before the double knee, Rico, he was the very attacking halfback flanker. Yeah. And at the moment... He quite understandably doesn't have that confidence in his body to be that player. But he was that player in spite of the pressure and time that yes. they put into him anyway. Whereas, as you say, his first four games, it's like it's vintage Doc. But it was vintage Doc without the time put into him. Now that they are, he's just come back a, a cog as well. Every chance he comes back and plays the same sort of footy that he was doing before next year with another year under his belt, which will be great. But again, we always talked about, can you actually flick the switch and it's just there? And I was gobsmacked that he was playing as well as he had. Um, I think, I think it looks like the competition. I'm, I'm actually not surprised he's come back to the field. No, I, I, think, I, hoped well, I think it looks like the, the competition was a bit taken aback. Like, oh, wow, this guy's, he's back. He's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah we're actually going to have to pay him a bit more respect because yep. he's well and truly back. Um in terms of sort of other leaders or experienced players, like Mark Murphy had a bit of a disappointing night. Um, he just really battled to... Battled he wasn't to be, clean, was yeah, he? Exactly right. He just battled to be as, as polished as we needed him to be. And as we well, know he is. Which, which is a strength. Yeah. Which is one of his strengths. He's so... He's typically so clean. Yeah, the, you talk about the midfielder that you needed with skill that could really kick it. He, he and Samo and Martin are probably the three guys that have that in spades. Um, I think when they get time, Kennedy can kick it and Setterfield's not too bad. Setterfield's probably just better in traffic and makes good decisions and opens the game up. Um, but as you say, if there was one player that you wanted the ball in the hand of, it's Mark Murphy. And he just it didn't hurt Hawthorne enough tonight. And I don't know whether that's a mental thing that he's been owned by him a little bit in the past or not. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, look, there was a lot that wasn't good tonight. Um Interestingly, Sean, he, he had 15 possessions mm-hmm. and that's usually, I think for modern day footy, that's that's sort of, you know, you become a little bit more influential once you hit and get beyond 15. We had four players that had more than 15 possessions tonight. 
and those players were Cripps, Doherty, uh, Ed, Mark, Ed and Ed Curnow. Now, Mark had 15. Mark, who's come in this year, was that 15? I couldn't read my hand 15, right. 15, exactly. Well, then we've had three. And we've had three, and it's Cripps, Doherty, and Curnow. And you're going, you talk about, you know, we might have lacked leadership, but at least those three guys were the ones that you could rely on getting their hands on the footy when we need the young kids to be able to step up and be a part of it as well. You know, they were sadly lacking tonight. You know, when we yeah. really needed uh, a contribution, it just didn't come. It was the three I mentioned before. It was who were great in that first quarter, but you had Setterfield, Gibbons, Cunningham, Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. Their, their support around the football allows... Paddy Cripps is a contested ball bull. Ed Kerno is an in-and-under footballer doing a tagging role. It's those players who need to complement. So when they're totally off, our midfield just turns to shit. It, it honestly does. Yep. I think uh, the, the other chicken shit for me is just a bit of selection. I think um, I think the time is now. I think the guys who have been playing in those scratch matches, not really being able to put their best foot forward, it's very difficult to get a read on who's doing what and who's playing well. I think we need to bring in guys like Fisher, Dow, or uh, Brian. Not all of them at once as such, but those guys have now all been out of the team. Uh, Dow hasn't played since round one. Fisher hasn't played since round one. I don't think O'Brien's played a senior game this year. Yep. So you're sort of starting to go, well, we need to start to get a look at these guys now because they all have, in one way or another, something that the team needs. So we Jack. need... We, and sorry, Jack Silvani's the other one. Obviously, he was a bit unlucky with... Injury like a guy like Dow was, and obviously Fisher hurt his ankle. Um, and, and Marchbank, sorry. and Marchbank's the other one. So you start going. Hopefully, Marchbank. I think the the word is he will feature in some kind of scratch match this week where we've got the buy. Um, so fingers crossed he gets through that unscathed. Probably has another week absolute minimum, and then we can start to see him put into the fray. But look, we, I reckon we've got to get a look at these guys. We've got to get get them into the team because they've been brought into our team to perform a role, whether it be. You know, Dow is that guy at the stoppage who should be able to potentially replace a guy like um, like a Kerno from a clearance point of view, from a big you know, body point of view. He's a couple of years away from that. Ed's a very experienced pro. Fisher's the guy on the outside to use his run and his spread and to complement the inside ball winning, and so is O'Brien. You go, those are the guys we need to be putting the time into and need to be getting can a I look put, at. Can I put it on you, Sean? Then, then give, me, give me the outs. For these ins, I'm not disagreeing with you because I think something needs to change. But who, 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 who's whose spot is in jeopardy? Depending I think on Tommy Williamson probably has a break when you get somebody running off the halfback line that can come back in. Yes, I, I, I think he just needs a rest. Oh, mate, um, I'd, I'd make a big one. I'd make a statement and I'd drop uh, Simo. Yeah, I don't think Simo's our biggest issue. I mean, nah. I, I, look, I, I, I'm with Sean, as in. People love Simo, and people will, deservedly so, give him a lot of absolute worry. A lot for of the leeway, club. a lot of leeway when he doesn't have the greatest game. But I, I thought his last month's been quite good. He, like everyone today, was not phenomenal. But um, I'd be getting rid of Willow before I get rid of Simo. Equally, if we're going to make the shift and push Samo back up on the ball, then your reliance on one of your additional small defenders increases and therefore I don't think you can get rid of Simo. Can I make but, ask a question, Fabian? You were very, very strong on Lockie Plowman a year or two ago for hiding. Yes. I'm not hiding from the fact that I said that. Do you not think that Simo's doing a bit of that? No, I thought... I've, what's I he doing? Think no, what's month, he doing? Honestly, his, his month of football has been quite good. And this isn't me shooting Bambi. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm a critic of, of Kate Simpson, as I'm a critic of everybody. I, I call it as I see it. I think his last month has been quite, quite good, quite handy. Yeah, I think he's being carried. Simo, Simo had a, uh, about four efforts in a row inside the centre square in the last quarter against North, where he great. put his head over the footy. Absolutely outstanding. And, and, and it probably saved the game. Uh, and, and, it, and it was very, very similar to a couple of efforts from Tom Stewart in a in a final at the MCG about two years ago. Which Richmond, where, like, which Richmond won. Yeah, yeah. And people set up and said, wow, that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I saw similarities in those efforts by Simo. I think that, so, look, again, we don't want to turn this... I, 
I didn't have Simo in the gun. I, I get why he's saying it, but I, I don't think he's the first one to go. Um, obviously, Callum Moore didn't impact Be careful, the game Timbo. Be careful no, what I, you I say. Yeah. I so, think Callum Moore, Callum Moore only... Callum had 10 minutes he, where he, he was pretty if Soss, good. If Soss was available, he, he'd be that forward line. That's and, and your other question is... Medium-sized forward. Yeah, if Mitch McGovern's available, he plays. Uh, obviously, the buy came at a good a good time um, in that it gives you know, an additional week for him to be able to get himself right. So I'd hazard a guess that says that Mitch might be available in the next game and it, and it makes for a very simple decision there. Um, and I think the fact that we're trying to get Zach Fisher into the team, you know, somebody has to make way for him now. Nunes kicked his two goals tonight but was very... Um, wasn't seen a lot. Nunes kicked two, two the week before as well. So I don't think he's the guy that you absolutely would have to move on. But in the effort to be able to bring a Fisher in, and, and we've got to face it, in the next few weeks with a lot of games being played back to back to back, there should I... be a lot of players that are being rested anyway. With the depth that we have, it may just be a bit more of a rotational thing. And guys may not miss because of form but they miss because of management, and that may dictate a lot of the reasons as to what our ins and outs are in any in any case. In in if we're up and running, I think Matt Kennedy makes way for Zach Fisher. It makes us. Yeah, yes, I know he's teams. not a big. I know he's not a big body that that and Kennedy assists in that area, but in the middle of the ground, Zach Fisher, in tandem with Paddy Cripps, is is great. It possibly also depends on what the weather is. And the fact that we're playing in Perth, which I don't think cops as much rain as what a, a Melbourne or a Sydney or a Gold Coast would at this time of year. Have you been um, watching other games this year, Timbo? It's been pouring. Yeah, I know. Well, that's my point. We're going to be playing in Perth, and I don't think it's been pouring in Perth. I think our, so, our centre square generally looks a bit more dynamic with a bit more variation. I think that what Fabian's alluding to is absolutely spot on in that... Um, if you get a, a Crips in there, is an absolute non-negotiable. But if you then surround him with Zach Fisher's got a few more tricks, Jack Martin's got a few more tricks, Samo's got a few more tricks. At the moment, if we lined up with a two of, or sometimes even three, of Crips, Setterfield, Kennedy, Kerno, you know, it's all very samey. Yeah. So yeah. I think that we just need to, and with regard to Simo, I think amongst friends, go once again, outstanding like servant of the football club. But there will become a time, you know, where there's life at the Carlton Football Club without Kate Simpson. And I think that's probably 2021. So... Oh, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's an obvious... And you, you, you would hope that... Um, you would hope that, you know, Simo leaves and we're in a far better place because of the contribution that he's had and the mentoring that he's given to the young kids, but we can it needs take to be handled tactfully and, and move forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, like I said, the reason I've not singled him out, because it's, it's not about that, because someone like Murph would be in the gun for a similar thing. I think Murph's recent couple of games have been better, which is why I had Simo ahead of him um, on the chopping block. But would, would you consider dropping Murph? Yep. As a statement. Can I, can I, can I actually, this might make some listeners' heads pop off. Could all three make way... Even I'm not saying for the rest of the Who's season. Who's the third? Kurno. Now, I, I want your honest opinion, both of you. How's Ed's fortnight been? Ed, He's Eddie been Betts. better than he... Oh, Eddie Betts. Um, Eddie Betts. He, look, la- he laid six tackles tonight, and that's his one yeah. saving grace. Look, Eddie Betts is tricky because our forward entries in the last... For a small forward in the last two weeks have been appallingly abysmal. bad. They've been yeah, appallingly abysmal. bad. So the opportunity that he's had to be the front and square, to be the guy on the deck, to sort of buzz around the packs, has been very limited. Um, that's the only saving grace I would I would have for him. Um, and he's actually been all right on the whole. I think, I think that I wouldn't be necessarily against a statement, whether it's Murph, whether it's Simo, whatever, um, because we need, as we spoke about earlier, we need a massive mentality realignment. The whole club, and we've needed it for a long, long time. And once again, without wanting to shoot Bambi, the worst periods of the Carlton Football Club's history, post-war, there is a common denominator in every single one of those teams. It's a fact. <laughs> you, 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 you just don't like the bloke, no, 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 do you? No, 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 but it's a fact. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, and 
So all of the worst parts of modern and, 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 and history. There'll be a lot of people. There'll be a lot of people up in arms about. Kate Simpson. Be, they'll, okay, they'll do, be, you me, do you want me to blow people's? Do you want me to blow people's heads off their? This. Do you want me to blow people's heads off their shoulders? We'll get heaps. Knock of, yourself. Knock we'll yourself. Get, it can't get worse than we'll, what it was last week. No, it can't get worse than what it was last week. But I'm going to blow people's heads off their heads. Are going to be popping off their shoulders as they're driving around, listening to this <laughs> or sitting on the bus. Kate Simpson is an outstanding servant in the Carlton Football Club. He is not a champion of the Carlton Football Club. He is. You've always, you've he always is. Had shut up. He is mentioned alongside the names that he occupies along Dual Bradley, um, Nichols, etc. Silvani on tenure, not on I achievement, don't I don't, I not don't, on ability, I don't and that clouds a lot of people's opinions of the guy. Outstanding servant of the football club, super durable. You know, lion-hearted, all that bullshit, and it's true. He is. He's all of those things, but the reality is, he's not in our best twenty-two. He's not. I'm going. I'm going to look. I I agree with everything you've said. Um, well, they'll come for you too as well. You can be a, a phenomenal. Maintain your silence, being, Timbo. You'll be safe without being without being a champion in the you know in the. You know what he is? He's the first form, Carlton. He's the first I'm, Carlton I'm not, legend. I'm not, not going to get into a discussion. He's on the first Carlton Simo's career. He's the first Carlton quote unquote legend to be what I call like a bulldogs legend, where they're like, I get it, I, good I, I players, but because they've saying. played 900 games and they've won, you know, one in six, and oh, geez, he bled for the jumper. Yeah, but Sean, Sean, I, I know what you're saying, but as you say, you're comparing. The era of Cade Simpson with a, with a, with eras that have netted us sixteen premierships. So we just don't ha- have the ability to be able to compare him to to guys with two and three and four premierships along the, the journey. He's he's existed in in one of our most barren periods of all time, and that's not a Cade Simpson issue because he's only one cog in. Do you want me to say? Do you want me to say? Do you want me to, want me to be players. more controversial, Timbo? Do you want me to be more controversial? Cade <laughs> no, no, Simpson. Cade like Simpson gets. He gets let off. I ain't sticking up for you on Twitter this week, Sean, but go for it, mate. <laughs> I, I need to preface this by saying, for people listening to 20-second out-of-context soundbites, I'm going to say this regularly so it can't be taken out of context. Outstanding servant of the football club. No question. Gives it everything when he's out there. Did you and him have a tiff at a Christmas party one no, year, no, no, Sean, no. or something? But we, we as a football club have indulged his shortcomings... At the moment, he's in the team to take the kickouts, like he is, and he's not even that good of a kick, like genuinely. And no, I, I, look, and you, and you go, I'm, Mike, I'm not Mike, he's, with, I'm not he's been with a mainstay. He's been a mainstay of those horrible, horrible Carlton teams. Yet he's repeatedly lauded for his leadership and for all that kind of stuff. Hasn't been able to move the needle in terms of culture by the looks of it. He's been in the joint for four hundred years. Um, <laughs> I genuinely feel like I've, I'm lining up Bambi. In the middle of the in the fjord, I've got the, you, the got the crosshairs on him. If you thought they came for you last week, Sean, they'll be coming for you this week, and we've lost him, Bo. I said it in pre-season, um, and I'll say it again, Fabian, outstanding servant of the football club. Yada yada yada. We need that in every context, every clip. I say, <laughs> um, Dale Thomas should have played instead of him this year. I think Dale Thomas had a better season than him last year, but absolutely. If we were going to keep um, one of them, it should have been him. Look, I, look, I'm not this. Look, I, I, I get what you're trying to say, but I, I actually don't think he, his last month of football is the worst, or is the biggest issue that we've got. In no, this no, side. no, I'm not saying it's the biggest issue, not at all. But I'm just saying but, that. But, but I, I, I wouldn't mind dropping him on balance. We can't look at every player and keep saying. Oh, he's all right. No, he'll come good, and that guy's all right. He does a role. Well, there's 22 spots, and we've got 40 on the list. Like, you know, it's a good example out Fab. I copped a lot of flack, and we're going to talk about it in the not too distant future on this pod. I copped a lot of flack last week for describing Callum Moore's game as dog shit. Now, we're going to bring some context to that later, but it's just a reality. You sit there and go, it's not a personal attack on the guy, and this isn't a personal attack on Simo or anyone like that. But remember when we, we dropped... We never personally attacked anybody. No, no, no. But remember several several years ago, we dropped guys like Carrots, we dropped guys like Heath Scotland, 
I just have to wear yeah. it because they're in bad form and they weren't contributing. I just, I find it funny that you sat there however many, for however many weeks and months and potted Lockie Plowman for going missing and hiding and whatnot. And you go, well, this guy's, he's doing the same thing. Like he's, he is, he's doing the same thing. And he's, I just, I just sit there. And I just, thought Lockie Plowman at a, at a time in his career, a couple of years ago, wasn't hunting the football or, or going that extra bit. He, he was scared to make an error and therefore wasn't injecting himself in the play. So therefore he was just kind of, he was there. And when the ball was in his vicinity, he, I'm not saying he never, he ever didn't try, but. No, well, this is like me. With he was scared to make an error. So therefore he kind of hid a little bit because he was going through that patch where his form wasn't great. And I wasn't the only person who was, a little bit critical of him. I just think they, we, I just think we have certain, certain players, um, and you touched on it earlier, for whom the bar is a little bit lower. Is it? Is it? A, is it potentially leadership? That's no. That's. That, or, or I'm so happy. I'm so happy and, you and, brought this up. I'm so happy you brought this up because maybe I didn't make it that clear when I was calling for Simo's head. But no, no, that's exactly what it is for me. It's this is a statement about leadership. For me, this is a statement about, do you reckon we're not afraid to drop one of these guys? Go, it's the classic Louis van Gaal, you know, whip his balls out in the team meeting room. Go, I've got balls. You don't think I've got balls? That's a true story, apparently. When he was at Bayern Munich, he genuinely whipped his nuts out in the, t- in the team meeting. I think it was LVG Lu- was a nutcase. I think it was Luca Tony said, that's not a lie. He genuinely produced his balls. And we're all sort of going... Fair enough. He, he got pissed at the best and fairest and well, was got up and did a speech. That was phenomenal. Um, Timbo, you've just missed us. We're still talking about Kate Simpson. Um, we'll move on now to the uh, player of the year from last week. So last week's player of the year, vote the Prenders. Uh, Will Setterfield took out the fan vote uh, with 157 votes. Lockie Plowman was in second place on 81 votes. Uh, Jacob Wiedering in third place on 76. Matty Kennedy finished with 55. Ed Kerno with 29 and Sam Walsh with 25. That meant that, obviously, Setterfield got the fans three, Plowman the fans two, Wiedering the one. And the total breakdown uh, was Setterfield polled a perfect 12 votes, Jacob Wiedering polled seven, Lockie Plowman four, and Matty Kennedy one, which leads the leaves the leaderboard at round eight. Uh, Jacob Wiedering has taken the lead on 34 votes, Jack Martin in second on 27, Will Setterfield has jumped into third on 21, uh, Cripps and Casbolt, they haven't moved in weeks, uh, they're on 20 votes, tied for fourth. Uh, Gibbons on 12 votes, Walsh 9, Cunningham 9, Doherty 8, and Lockie Plowman's moved up a little bit. He's on 7 votes. So um, this week's votes were as follows. Uh, I gave Weeders 3, Walsh 2, Martin 1. Fab gave Weeders 3, Doc 2, Cripps 1. Hoff gave Harry Mackay 3. No, he didn't. <laughs> Weedering 3, Casbolt 2, Cripps 1. So uh, Weeders will extend his lead. He'll actually take a and handsome lead. It was hard to give votes today. Let's be honest. It was a lot about a lot of the a lot of the twos and ones were given on effort more than output. Um, well, like we lot, said, Andy Tate, he tried and he tried. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Andy Tate, he was the Manchester United equivalent of DT on Arsenal fan TV there for a while. He was very good. Um, so that's that. We'll wait, obviously, for the votes for next week. It'll be interesting. Weeders, obviously, with nine from us, so it'll be yeah, interesting to see the breakdown from the fans. Um, it's just le- leading into this break now. It just leaves us Carlton supporters flat. Oh, horrible. Point. We've got two weeks to stew on this. It's awful. Um, we mentioned off the top uh, Jed Lamb. Um, that's part of a special episode, a 21-minute interview I conducted with Jed Lamb just about his time at the Carlton Football Club and in particular with the focus on Hawthorne, uh, his performance against James Sicily in 2017. He was absolutely fantastic, so generous with his time. Um, yeah, very very good, by the way, Sean. Um, very good listen. Could have used with Jed. Could have used Jed tonight, actually. Might have. Um, but look, he, he was fantastic and he spoke really, really candidly about his time at the club and how we got there, how it ended, uh, etc. So we, we um, yeah, really appreciate if you sort that out and gave it a listen. I'm sure we'll repost it as the week goes on, but that's available on our podcast feeds. Um, and then I suppose just wrapping it up, obviously in the week that was, uh, there was a fair bit of going on on Twitter. Uh, you may or may not have noticed, not necessarily via our handle, but involving our handle and involving my good self. Um, 
I got the notice on, was it Tuesday, I think, that I'd been referred directly to The Hague, Timbo. <laughs> and I was wondering, what the hell's going on here? What's happened? Uh, like I said earlier, we me referred to Callum Moore's performance last week as dog shit, and that uh, got a lot of noses out of joint, which was perplexing. And to be honest, um, I'm not really quite sure why people got so involved in it, but uh, just a quick shout-out to a few people who are really, really... Um, I really appreciate sort of coming in and bringing some perspective and balance on Twitter, which was which was great. Jared Newton, Hamish Stone, uh, a man by the name of DBL, and uh, Junior, uh, who's an absolutely fantastic listener of ours, all chimed in and, and brought some perspective to the argument. And I suppose just touching on, on a couple of people who have been sort of central to this discussion, um, first things first, Heath Buck, who we all have a massive amount of respect for and have all engaged with um, over the last year or so since we've been doing this and he's been doing his thing for a lot longer and he's an outstanding voice in the Carlton community and, and one that we really value and uh, it's clear to see that everyone else in the community values um, as they should. Um, his nose seems to be out of joint because we had a difference of opinion regarding the Port Adelaide result and regarding what the takeaway from that was, um, which is a shame. It was certainly not the intention. We simply had conflicting opinions about what that loss meant and what the expectations of this team are. Well, um, you, and he, you and he did specifically. Oh, yeah. But that's, you know, good one, Fab. Throw me under the bus, but just distance, make sure you're distanced from the bomb blast. Um, and and that's, that's a shame because, like I said, we all respect yeah. Heath enormously. Um, and it is a shame that he, he seems to have taken uh, comments that were just literally uh, a counter, you know, a contrary opinion to his own so personally. And that's certainly not what we hoped would happen there. We hoped it would be a a conversation that people could engage with um, and see themselves reflected in one way or the other. We certainly haven't taken anything personal in the aftermath. So, um, yeah, we obviously just shout out to Heath there. Uh, and then Paul Barbaza, as for Paul, um, he seemed to want to turn this whole thing into a bit of a fire and, and get people coming after us and me personally. We made the decision very early on in the piece to disengage um, from him and what he was saying and what he was trying to start and denying the oxygen that he was after to do so. And that's all we'll be saying about that. We'll try not to engage on that moving forward because it's to no one's benefit. So That's, that's right, because just, just, just to back over it a bit, we we would never, we and we have never and will never be out to personally attack anybody representing the Carlton Football Club. So whatever means, and especially when we're in heated discussions, recording live. We don't edit anything. If we choose to describe a performance, however we choose to describe a performance, it's the performance and the performance only. And we would never personally attack anybody's character, especially a member of the Carlton Football Club. So, look... And particularly when that character didn't deserve any of that. It was purely based on the two-touch performance last week and people didn't seem to have an issue with that being called a poor performance. It was that I chose to describe it as dog shit, which seemed mm-hmm. very strange. So that's that. That's what happened. It was a bit of fun during the course of the week, I must say. That's right. Um, and as Timbo, as Timbo was alluding to earlier, you know, we, we, a lot of us Carlton people operate in this, you know, space, you know, the Twitter and podcasts and so forth. And we kind of, there's no need to kind of tread on other people's toes unnecessarily. So, which we I think all, is we're all, we're, very, all, we're all we're all here to respect one another and yep. get along. So, which is I think why we, um, so, and that's why we and that's why we moved on, or tried to move on at least um, from it. But I think and that's why we respect you know what what Heath's doing and what Heath does so regularly. And absolutely, and, we love love Heath's stuff, and um, we'll continue to. When, when, when we all support the Carlton Football Club, there's no need to be adversarial about any of it. Any, any content that any of us provide all all exists to be able to create a forum, a, a complimentary forum where um, we get to wax a little bit about what clearly one of our passions are. And we've so, spoken um, a number of times, guys. You know, I'm, I'm not alone here that... The, I think what was sort of surprising about it was a lot of this conversation happened on the back of a tweet we sent out thanking everyone for their involvement in last week's show and, and the feedback we got from last week's show was absolutely fantastic. Phenomenal, and, phenomenal. And, and we were really quite humbled by it. And then it becomes this snowball and you're sort of going, I don't actually know how this has happened. Um, we, we've gone from going, thank you so much to everyone who gets involved and I know I speak for all of us, I'm 
constantly left scratching my head that anyone listens to anything we've got to say. Um, and, and for it to be so, so supportive last week before the shit hit the fan, the dog shit hit the fan, um, was great. And then in the aftermath, like I said, there were, there were a lot of really, really fantastic listeners that we have and fans that we have, um, who very kindly sort of not came to our defense as such, but, um, sort of were happy to kind of weigh in when they saw that we obviously weren't, um, perhaps sensing that we were doing so not to make it bigger than it was. Um, so a lot of those people will be tuning in this week, expecting, uh, an explosive, uh, Somber, somber fab. It's very somber. So I apologise for. Uh, Do you want Fab and I to I'm argue just, about something on the way out? I'm just flat as a tack after that performance. We can argue about something if they want Fab. We can argue about Casino Royale. You know, you know, you know, you know certain topics that just, that just trigger me. So I, I don't bring one of them up. But I don't know what you're getting at. I was going to say Casino Royale is not a very good Bond film. Casino Royale is the best Bond film. No, it's not a Bond film. It's a it's like a Jason Bourne film. It's not a Bond that's film. Why it's it completely good, tore up films, everything that's great about James Bond, and then everyone now Bond thinks films. that's James Bond, and it's a complete fucking joke, and it's derailed the you entire said you series. Got on to Jason Bourne very late in the piece anyway, Sean. So yeah, but, no, but, but, but this is the thing. Like, about- no, no, because Jason, because James Bond did its own thing. It doesn't need to react to what Jason Bourne's doing. It's its own thing. And in Casino Royale, they came in and completely tore up the fabric of what the character is, what the character should be, and they like went and made him this stupid police officer who has no idea what he's doing. And Fab sits here and pretends like he doesn't even... It's pretend. the best Bond It's not movie. the best Bond film because it's not even a Bond film. You could call that film anything else. It wouldn't need to be called yeah, James call Bond. Good. The char- I call the, it good. The character could be Fabian Guadagnolo, spy... And you sit there and go, oh, it's actually quite a good film. But as a Bond film, film, it's a complete it, affront. It fit on the billboard. It's a complete affront to <laughs> everything the character should be. Um, For the third time this week, Tim, I'm going to tell you where to go. The third time? What happened to the other two? Oh, look, he, he likes to prod other areas that he knows. Excuse get me? My, get on my... Uh, this yeah, that, didn't my in, that didn't come out right. The way. You, you, you two. Dr. Davis. If... If there was a picture of Carson Wentz... This is the 15th rectal exam this week, Tim. (laughs) If there was a picture of Carson Wentz watching Casino Royale wearing a Roberto Baggio jersey, Sean's head head might just literally pop off. I'm just sort of going, what the fuck's the context here? If I saw that photo legitimately. (laughs) And we're going, what is happening? (laughs) Didn't realise Carson Wentz was an Azzurri fan. (laughs) Everyone's an Azzurri fan. No one's an Azzurri fan. Um, I think that's his, that's us done, is it? Yeah, I think it Have is. Have we touched on everything? What's yeah. the score in the uh, in the what's no, the scum no, doing? No, uh, we... 35-15 at half time. Looked like uh, Brisbane was going to explode, but uh, why we say not... that? Hey, I always like when you guys are giving like live score updates, knowing that people will be listening to this like so three someone days later this on a Wednesday. <laughs> someone listening to this on a Wednesday will go, oh, "Shit, the, the lines Who's are playing." Up. They'll look at their watch going, it's 8.30 in the morning. Context. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is, I think that's us done, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect, we'd like to perfect. have been a whole lot more positive and happy and Mate, you was, know, talk about where we're headed. And 15 minutes into that first quarter, I was – oh, man. Fab thought I was well, glass half full last week. Hold on. At half time. 15 minutes into the first quarter, last season I was the same. Like our first quarter – it's like I re- recall like Sean texting me going – we haven't kicked easy goals like this in forever. And it was yeah. like a carbon bloody copy. We owed him one from last year. Now it's like double down. <laughs> you know, we're like, you know, I when, hate Hawthorne. You know when Lashif cleaned out Bond, you know, because Bond thought he had his tell. Lashif cleaned him out. We're Bond at that moment. I feel like Bond on that. When he's, when he's been, been, been oh, I was, that's a good one. I was going to say, I feel like Bond when uh, Lashif spiked his drink and he was having a cardiac arrest in the car park. And it's like, just leave me dead. Vespa, don't worry about it. Just let me die in this Aston Martin. It's not worth yeah. coming back to this casino and getting shit on by the walls again. How many shirts? How many shirts did he have ready to go? Two? He just kept going back to his room and changing shirt. And then he, when he finally had a clean one on, he went and jumped in the shower with it on. Yeah, that was unusual. Um, he's not going to be able to get that dry in time for the game. 
<laughs> that would have been the ultimate boss move, though. Imagine Bond returns to the tables in a completely Sucking wet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and looks around and goes, what? Mr. Bond <laughs> goes, uh, you appear to be completely drenched. Uh, all right. Well, for me, Sean Peterbudge, thank you very much for listening. For the big Faber Ganoush, Fabian Guadagnolo. And for head of paediatrics at the Royal Children's Hospital, Dr. Tim Davis. <laughs> on to next week. Always a pleasure. Well, there is no next week, Timbo. We've got a stew on oh, this. Oh, yes, very true. I think when, it's only like a week. I think we're just not playing. We're not playing on the reduced schedule, but it's not just over a week, isn't it, that yeah. we have to wait? I think we don't play like Sunday or something like oh, that. Oh, fucking cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, we, what we will do, keep an eye out for, I'll just bring this up on pod to alert these idiots. Um, at some point in the coming week, we'll actually be doing a season mid-season review. Yeah, okay. Um, so we'll drop that in lieu of obviously a, a match review or match preview uh, at some point during the week. We'll put our heads together and figure out a, a schedule for that. So keep your eye out for that. Can I ask yeah. a question, Sean? Can I be a little bit facetious and ask a few questions yeah, just whatever. before we sign off? Okay. Who, who's leading the, uh, the mark of the year contest and the goal of the year contest? I stopped doing that because I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Come on, lift. I'd do it if I had Well, I, I don't need to because I, I think Sam doing. Walsh, I honestly reckon Sam Walsh should be leading both. Which goal? The yeah, check side. The rifle check side from last week. Yeah, the check side from about 45 well, metres what, out. What about uh, Mitch McGovern's uh, one that he slotted from the boundary line against Essendon? That's a very good goal. That might have been in the top four, but yeah. we'll never know. We, you should, we should just put retrospective polls back out there. Yeah, but you then I've got to go back and sure. find them. And it's, it's You don't have to put the vision. Just ask the question. Uh, uh, I think... Sam Walsh is leading the mark of the year, so we don't need to yeah, worry about that. Great, great. Um, is that your only question, Tim? Uh, Fab, whatever your name is. That's it. Well, you said you had a couple of questions. I said, "How's yeah, mark and goal? It's two, two things." Thank God you didn't bring up one percent. got scrapped because I think in one of the games there was none. Like we didn't. I think it was the Melbourne game. Like we didn't lay a tackle. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't affect a spoil. So I just went. I can't actually find anything there. This is just a joke. A waste of my time. So how is your game of rivals part two tracking? Um, I've got to tell you, there's some stuff in there that's pretty spectacular. Um, it wasn't a question. <laughs> uh, I've more or less got the intro done. Um. I was able to find that Essendon game from round three of 2001, which was great. I was able to get that. So that was... Make sure you put the Collingwood uh, um, rivalry up before we play them. Yes, yes, of course. Um, Because it really was great work. And uh, if we've got people that are new to the podcast at the moment, it's something they really do need to see. Well, you know, I'd hope so because it... um, it was labour of love, but uh, it took yes. quite a long time to make. No, but look, the Essendon one... The whole thing is, Sean, what are you talking about? <laughs> the Essendon one is is uh, probably an off-season thing, to be brutally honest. Yeah, fair enough. And just because of the sheer weight and volume of work that is needed to put into it. Um, but no, look, we obviously all said our goodbyes already. Uh, I don't think we really referenced a song this week, so I think that in honour of a shitful performance, um, we'll channel Emily Angwin and just go out to the sombre sounds of nothing, a period Bongo of quiet, a period of quiet reflection as we fade out for the week. Next time, boys, next time. Goodbye. It's closing time. <laughs>